I'm here with Wendelina. I'm stirred up on this Monday. I want Fannin to come here. Fannin just said something so ridiculous. I want him to say it. Come up here or, or just yell or whatever. I'm concerned. There is a new invasive species in the state of South Carolina I'm really excited about. It is a tegu lizard. Mm-mm. Four feet long. That's a no. Get up to four feet long. Mm-mm. All right, so I want you to imagine, Mm-mm. Wendy, waking up. Mm-mm. And I don't there, want to imagine. There's a four foot lizard. Nope. <laughs> No, no imagination. I read an. Oh my goodness! I read an article photo. the other day of a woman not too far from here that found a snake in her toilet. <sighs> I and, have always feared that. Are you serious? Also, Chris King, what did you say? There's a new uh, earthworm killing maple trees. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Is that true? I, I so King read an article today. So we got three things going on before we talk about how God tests us in deserts and wildernesses. Uh, four feet. Four-foot dragons in South Carolina. Earthworms in South Carolina that are killing maple trees. Hey, do you know that South Carolina... Mama. I'm sorry. Do you know that South Carolina uh, has the hottest pepper in the world now? That is true, correct, Fannin? Ghost peppers? Yeah, I grew up in my yard. Reaper. Reaper, yes, that's right. And um, I know, obviously, you know how much I love hot food, but that's a little over. No, you would begin hiccuping so violently. I'm going to tell you who's got underrated hot food, B.B. King, is uh, Zaxby's Insane Wings. They're underrated. Yes. By the way, I can't stop talking about them, and it's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not getting anything for this. You need to go to Holy Smoke Barbecue. I want to go. I'm going today with Bob Heiner. Oh, are you? Uh, yeah. You need to go to Holy Smoke Barbecue. Uh, I think we're going to try to go today. I know we're going this week. Um, and get their wings. It's delicious. I want to jump in to a... Uh, conversation. Okay. You ready? Sure. When I say the word gauntlet, what do you think of? A uh, gauntlet. I think of something medieval. Um, we'll look it up. I don't even know that it is in that particular period of time, but, uh, it, it feels like something that is going to destroy. How about that? Is that it's intended to destroy? Uh, let's look up a definition. Well, what is it? Like what's to, I, I have in my head a massive hammer that is going to destroy. I'm sure that's not accurate. I'm just saying. That's what I envision. It says to run the gauntlet is to take part in a form of corporal punishment. That sounds fun. In which the party judge guilty is forced to run between two rows of soldiers who strike out and attack him. So I've never really known what a... I just used the word gauntlet. But basically, like Clay Danner, who's someone that um, I'm close to and discipling. We meet online every couple of weeks. He is mm-hmm. in Taipei, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Hello, Clay. Stinky tofu. And Clay's getting ready to do another Spartan race. Oh, so you gosh. go through these races where people jump wow. out and they try to hit it's you with impressive. these big foam things. You're crawling up under stuff. It's amazing. Okay. I, I want to talk about how, because I've heard around here is people say the words like, um, I just feel like God's taking me through a wilderness. Not all the time, but certain times. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Bevere wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Called Wilderness. Called right? Wilderness. Uh, Brian Woodard, who's an elder here who's a pastor on staff, just went through Bevere's curriculum on wilderness and mm. honestly is greatly impacting his life and Rachel's life. So whether you want to say wilderness gauntlet, let's just say when God can take us through seasons mm-hmm. that seem like, whew, this is a lot. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I've called it gauntlet in the past. Um, that's a little too medieval. Let's just stick with wilderness. Tell me what you remember about Jesus going into the desert. Well, I remember that he had just been recently baptized, as in just moments before, and uh, that 
God publicly uh, pronounced him as his son who he was well pleased with. And then it says soon thereafter uh, that Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And I know that he was tempted there. He literally came face to face with Satan himself at the end of 40 days, which tells me at his most vulnerable time was when he was tempted by Satan himself. Okay. Who sent the Lord into the desert? Holy Spirit. So desert's kind of an extreme word too, because we're thinking, you know, God doesn't do that with us literally, mm-hmm. but he does send us into seasons that test us. Yeah. So this is, we're getting into James one. Yeah. Well, desert, desert, Jesus was completely separated out from any of the comforts, any of community, any of, uh, normalcy of his life, all that kind of stuff. I think that's what we mean, right? Yep. And that's not even really my point to describe the wilderness. My point is who sent him there? Holy Spirit. Okay, so three years ago, I told you that the Father asked me at the altar at Bridgeway, can I make a fool of you? He asked you that. Took me 24 hours to answer because I knew what he meant. He showed me that he literally was going to take me through a high level of gossip and slander. Uh, When Mike Bickle started um, IHOP, he went through a lot of gossip and slander. I want to say for like five years. Mm -hmm. Some guy created like a YouTube channel to attack him. just over and over and over. Okay. Hear me out on this, and, and, and you may even look at me like, Chad, are you crazy? A lot of charismatics say, oh, the devil's coming after me. The devil is doing this in my life right now. How are you okay? Because we all go through warfare, right? Sure, yeah. Okay, has it ever occurred to us that God is not only involved in all of our seasons, but that he leads us in our seasons? Sure. You with me? I'm with you. I'm going to read you a passage that some people listen to this passage. You probably have never heard it, and you're going to be like, what? This is King David. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read the Bible. One of the, one of the most courageous things you'll ever do is let the Bible interpret you. Mm. <laughs> Instead of presupposing my ideas on the Bible, yeah. let the Bible. This is out of the word. It says, when King David came to Behirim, there came out a man, the family of the house of Saul. Remember, Saul was the once anointed king. Sure. And in Saul Falls, mm-hmm. we, we, we watch people all the time cooperate with the Saul spirit, even in 2020. Mm-hmm. And the Saul spirit is um, very, very, very predictable because it always has to, um, like, it doesn't trust God the way that, that David mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And it's always fending for mm-hmm. himself, herself. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, self-protective mm-hmm. type spirit. Very proactive in the pursuit. Yes, and we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have cooperated with it over the years. Okay. So there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was, I don't know how to pronounce it, Shammai, yeah, 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 the son of Gerah. And as he came, he cursed continually. And he threw stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand on his left. And Shammai said, as he cursed, get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. Talking about King David. Mm-hmm. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son, Absalom. My dad just called me. Let me go back. Um, See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? So now one of David's mighty men is saying, hey, let me go kill him. Yeah. Look, can I just give you David's response here? I love it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. He says, let me go over there and take off his head. But the king says, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. 
It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Yeah. I'm just saying that passage is a humdinger. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that how do you feel about being open to not giving the devil too much credit yeah. for what God is actually initiating to groom you into the image of Jesus? Let's go back to the desert and get away from this. Okay. Who sent Jesus into the desert? Holy Spirit. For what purpose? Uh, well, to prepare him. For what? For his ministry. He had not done public ministry prior to that. And tell me this, babe. It's obvious to me. He comes out of that desert with something that he didn't, he didn't have before. Yeah. yeah. And it's odd because it's the sinless lamb of God. Yeah. What did he come out of that desert with? Power. Okay. Okay. And, and he, and, and I know that there's been previous teachings, but just to, just to remind us, you know, Jesus was tempted three times. And so it was appetite, ambition, and approval is what he was tempted by the devil. And he didn't cave in to receive, you know, having his appetite, uh, what he was hungry for, um, being fed. He wasn't, uh, he found his approval in God and not in man or what anybody could think of him. And his ambition was to, to do the will of the Father and not to have his own destiny where he saved himself in that moment. So Jesus grows in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man, Luke mm-hmm. two fifty two, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is is honestly, I believe, as I read the scriptures, growing in revelation on his assignment. Yeah. I believe Jesus was more advanced in his revelation on his assignment at twenty than he was at twelve. He obviously says something right. that makes that makes them marvel when he's twelve at the temple. Yeah. As he goes into the desert, now Jesus comes out of the desert, has been tempted by the devil. The te- the um, the testing was so severe, angels had to minister to him, yeah. right? But for what purpose? For more power. Power. And now as he's been tempted, he now comes out on more power. He only faces one thing the rest of his ministry. His own hated him all the way to the cross and they killed him. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. The point is this. It's like, well, the devil just came against him all the way to the cross. Mm -hmm. Hang on a second. When Paul gets to his assignment, Paul says, please take this thorn away from me. He's not talking to the devil there. He's talking to who? He's talking to God. So what is God's response? The My Lord's grace response. is sufficient for you. He said no. Mm-hmm. And what was the point of the thorn in the first place? To keep him humble. And so all I'm saying is, do I believe that God curses his own kids? No. Gosh, no. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying from this scripture and the desert temptation scripture, we have to be open that a lot of times what we think the devil is doing in our life, God is actually just using yeah, that thing absolutely. and ordaining Ordain it. it. Ordaining He's it. ordaining mm-hmm. the season mm-hmm. for you to be tested yeah. for your assignment. Yeah. You know what John Arnott says in his book, Grace and Forgiveness? What? Do you want to know what precedes an increase in anointing? Suffering. Hmm. Michael Thornton said something yesterday and I about drove off the road. Remember when Paul goes into uh, Macedonia? Who sent him there? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit sent in Macedonia is where he you gets flogged mm-hmm. and beaten. Mm-hmm. This gets this gets rid of that American gospel thing, by yeah. the way. Hey, but guess what happens when he goes to Ephesus? Guess what happens in Ephesus after the suffering? His handkerchief is healing people. Oh yes, God Almighty, are you hear this? Uh, it's crazy. So in your, in the past year, I, you are walking in the highest level of power I've ever seen you walk in, the highest level of connection to God. We've known each other 23 years. We've been through some good times, bad times. Mm -hmm. I've never seen you in this place. I'm simply saying, have you considered, Mm -hmm. I want you to tell your own story here. Have you considered what preceded where you are now the last Mm -hmm. seven months? Yeah. Your thoughts on this? 
Well, I do. I really do believe that God ushered me into that season without a doubt. And I wouldn't take anything for it. I do every single day and every hour of it and every bit of question and every tear that fell and every angry fist that pumped and all the things. I would take it all again if I could have what I have with him right now. Um, because I, I, I can't deny that I actually feel uh, a greater strength in me uh, because I became so aware of my own weakness. His strength was able to be put on it. Uh, I can't deny that. And I don't want to live the next leg of my life without that level of power, divine, holy power living within me. The, um, it was this past week before a bunch of stuff came out about uh, me on Facebook, and a lot of accusations. I, it was actually before it happened the day before. I was asking the, the Lord a question. I said, why is it that so many people, and I was getting ready to ask him a question, that so many people attack other leaders? Mm -hmm. And he warned me. He said, he said this, do not lose your reward. Mm. And I said, do not lose my reward. And then this is what he said. He said, Chad, when you go into your prayer room, pray to the Father and what's done in secret will be rewarded. And then he said, when you fast, pray in private and then it'll be rewarded. He said, when you go through accusation, slander, gossip, it was the same way. Mm -hmm. What I'm simply saying is this. Mm -hmm. David says in this passage, David seems to see a blessing in the Shammai. He sure did. He does. He did. He, he had the authority to yeah. take that guy out. Without a doubt. Totally. But I'm just simply saying, I think a lot of times we say, look what the devil's doing. You better check yourself because God, God, he's the most high God. He is enormous. He's huge. Mm -hmm. He even can use the enemy. Mm -hmm. He even can use the enemy to do his own work. Yeah. I, I just, what I'm trying to say is this. I think we have such a, a low view of God. I totally agree. I totally agree. Our, our view of him is not nearly as elevated as it should be if we claim to have maturity in him. You know, it's one thing if we're like, no, I'm just a kid in the faith. I really don't know who my father is. But if we're claiming to have a level of maturity in him uh, and, we, and we're not actually honoring him by living in the power that is available to us because we're shunning away suffering, we're shunning away uh, rebuke, we're shunning away isolation, we're shunning away the things that he wants to take us in, then we actually don't, what we're really saying is I don't trust him. And I'm just He's not trustworthy. I'm simply saying a lot of spirit-filled people don't realize that Jesus Christ led Paul into Macedonia. Go study it for yourself what happened in Macedonia. And people say, I just want the great man of God to lay his hands on me and then perhaps I can walk in power where my handkerchief will heal people. Wendy, the anointing according to John and Carol are not, and according to the Bible and according to the scriptures. And according to the stories in scripture. We yeah. have such a weak theology of suffering. Mm -hmm. I'm simply saying, that. I've said it for six, you seven years. You said it specifically about the charismatic church, the charismatic stream of the body of Christ. There's a really lack of, um, there's a low value for suffering. There's a misdefinition of it. Um, you know, I, we just, I just came out of a, a, a class with the Sense students. You know, there. In this world, you will have trouble for his name's sake. You, there's, a, there's something that's coming for his name's sake. There's, it, it would absolutely be preposterous of me to assume that I can walk in a level of maturity and relationship with God, Jehovah, Abba, and not feel the weight 
of what he suffered. I, he's, he's inviting us into the fellowship of his sufferings for his name's sake. And here's what I'm saying. There's a benefit to it, though. Absolutely. The benefit is. is a higher blessing. When, he, when the, Lord, the Lord stopped me, and I'll tell you why he stopped me, because if he senses any pity on it, it's, yeah. it's, like, uh, yeah. it's like fasting and wanting everyone to know you fasted yeah. or yeah. praying those elaborate prayers where everyone yeah. can see. I'm simply saying, you, do you know what I said? This was before everything went down this past week. I even said, then Lord, bring on more. Bring it, yeah. Bring. Well, and here's the deal, because obviously God in his, I, I keep saying that he's unfair. And what I mean by that is that he's not a tit for tat God. When we, when we, walk a step towards him. He's like running three miles. He's just, he's beautifully and wonderfully unfair in his relationship with us. And so when we're thinking about these rewards, yes, there are, there are tangible things that he brings into our lives and, and enriches our lives with that are part of the reward. The, what drove Paul and what drive, what drove the r nots and what I, I can honestly say is driving us is not something that's tangible that we might attain. He is legitimately becoming more and more and more and more and more and more and more our reward. So regardless of what's coming, regardless of what gets said, at the end of the day, it's like, I love you. He's my reward. It's, it's doing nothing but driving me to a dependence on him, driving you, driving others to a dependence. I've never trusted him more. And there's never been more of a distinction between trusting God and not trusting him. I've never seen the distinction more than I do right now. I, I have a friend and you know him well too. Um, we've been together a few times, Suppressa Satole. He's raised 10 people from the dead. What people don't know about Suppressa's story is he's been through an incredible amount of suffering. Mm. To get to Paul handkerchief level where you see the supernatural breakthrough in your life, yeah. I'm, I'm just telling you biblically, I'm pointing to my phone, but biblically, mm-hmm. it comes through seasons of grooming from the Father. Yes, intended. That can even look like the devil is the lead horse in the race. Yeah, and, and certainly the devil loves to get involved. <laughs> Let's yes. be honest. Yeah, because he's hoping you'll bail. Because he's season. hoping you bail. He's, he's hoping you leave the wilderness. Out. Yeah, he's he's. Ho- I mean, he did it to Jesus. Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Not for three days. For forty. That's a long time. And at a, an incredibly vulnerable moment, that's when the devil steps in. And quite frankly, he couldn't have just shown up. You know what I mean? As of today, as of today, even that was permitted by the Lord. God, God is rewarding me in ways even of today where I'm just like. Mm-hmm. This, if this is if this is the God life, if yeah. this is the narrow road, yeah, I'll go to Macedonia all day long. All day long, I'll go to Macedonia all day long. Now I tell you what, I guarantee you there's times when Paul, because well, Paul wrote Philippians from a jail cell. There's times where you do say, "Hey, uh, Lord, you mind removing this yeah. thorn for me?" You get tired of it, don't you? I, mean, well, I can imagine Paul. I, I mean, I, I, it, it's a glorified, sanctified imagination because we haven't gone there yet, but. He, uh, he legitimately asked it for a reason. Three you, times. Yeah, and you just think, I, I, I'm sure it just hindered not even just the ministry of what he was trying to do, but just the want to, you know? You want to know what Paul's thorn was? It was Judaizers and yeah. everything he was attempting to do, mm-hmm. everything. There were people, even in the own, his own belief system, yeah. minus uh, one thing, they were Judaizers. They, they would just stir stuff up. What I'm saying is whatever season God is sending you into, if there's a lot of stirring up against you, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a boss, maybe maybe you just feel like you were swimming upstream. Hmm. Be slow to blame that on the devil. Yeah, that's Because good. 
there may be something that God's trying to teach you that you mm. don't currently know. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you accept Macedonia and then get your power in Ephesus. Amen. Whew, that's good. That's a good show right that's there. Good. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Coach and Joe, a YouTube talk show and podcast that helps you walk in genuine friendship with God. Check out coachandjoe.com for epic merch, weekly blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on Coach and Joe.